0: It's playoff time. Big stakes, bigger promotions. It's time to hammer the over and score some cash. DraftKings Sportsbook is giving you a chance to lower the over under on a featured playoff game. All players who place a bet on the featured basketball game will have a hand in lowering the over under on the game. That's right, for every 1,500 players who bet the over on the select game, the over under will drop by one. Point. Every better hammers the over in the featured game helps to lower the game's over-under. The best part is that even as the line lowers, the odds remain at the even money. That's right. You can double your money by hammering the over. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code TBPN when you sign up to hammer the over. For every 1,500 people to bet the over in the featured game, the line will decrease by one point. Yes, this is your chance to improve the odds of the over hitting. So tell your friends and family, this is is a team effort. Hammer the over and improve your odds of doubling your money. That's promo code TBPN for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. Restrictions apply. Max $25 wager. One per customer offer ends 5-23-21. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in Indiana 1-800-9 with it. Um, okay, are, so what are we doing? We're doing a podcast together, no. as we okay. do each and every Unrelenting Week, Simon. And if, if you've got the energy, I wouldn't mind if you introduced the podcast that we're about to do.
1: Oh, folks, Let me take a nap? <laughs> folks, you better welcome back. To another episode of Maybe Next Time. I am
0: your host, William, with my co-host, Simon
1: McArmac. Nets Nation, the bloodbath starts now. We are back as we are
0: as we are each and every unrelenting week to talk. Oh, things, Nets. Nation! It is playoff time, Simon. Today is the opening night of your 2021 NBA playoffs with the number two-seeded Brooklyn Nets, the juggernauts, the heel of the NBA, Simon, playing the venerable old Boston Celtics in a matchup that will somehow prove that Danny Ainge didn't get the best of us back when he took every draft pick for the rest of time, and we got a washed-up Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce. Anyway, Simon, here we are. Very special day. Exciting day. We're here to give our playoff predictions And later in the podcast, you are going to hear us interview the Celtics writer at the Boston Globe himself, Gary Washburn. So that interview is coming later in the show. He will help us break down this playoff matchup. But before we get to Gary, Simon, we got to get to you and me, baby.
1: Hello. Hello. It's just the
0: usual. It's just you and I. It's just the usual. Us and our collective, <laughs> if you remember, co- our collective Nets Nation, maybe Nets Time Mouth. Right, that's, that's right. That's, Welcome back, Mouth. That's a throwback to one episode ago. <laughs>
1: <laughs> God, we were young then. And we were. Oh,
0: Simon was a little bit better rested. I believe he came in <laughs> saying he was ta ta tired. Uh, on the last one as well, so it's a, it's an ongoing theme,
1: a lay motif. I'm gonna... William, I'm going to drink a lot of Red Bulls before the game, buddy.
0: <laughs> we are actually going to the game tonight, which is exciting. We'll be sitting in the block section. It's a vax section. What do you think about the um, Nets' stance on um, vaccines and and sort of incentivizing? vaccination by increasing prices of people who sit in non-vaxxed sections where where are you what, what do you feel <laughs> about that
1: <laughs> where do i stand on the net stepping uh, um fully immersing themselves into vaccine apartheid uh no i <laughs> <laughs> but
0: they are offering free vaccines across the street
1: right that's yeah uh you know Uh, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I think uh, honestly it's a, it's, it's a little more complex, I think than, than, uh, than, than, you know, I'm I'm really able to, to fully articulate here. I mean, I think that like be just to kind of put on my little social, social justice warrior hat for a moment, then I promise I will take it off. Uh,
0: (laughs) Just get back into did. the same old fatigue toast that you know and love.
1: <laughs> are we doing an ad read for Blood Sports later?
0: <laughs> I already did the ad read. Uh, oh, it God damn it. Yeah, I'm, I'm stepping on your, you know, whatever. It's, good. it's a good one this week. I think it's for basketball. I don't know. I don't I don't like, you know, I'm just reading words. I'm not thinking about what they mean.
1: Oh, William, those words are poetry to me. <laughs> so... So, I, I vaccine apartheid. So, I, I think that it does, um, it, it needs to go beyond, like, just having vaccinations available and, you know, deal with the, like, uh, decades, if not centuries, of, of, you know, medical neglect and things like the Tuskegee experiment and things like that that have sown distrust amongst certain communities totally justifiably and the fact that plenty of people just for whatever reason don't want to get it. There are people who have... Uh, the inability to get the vaccine, so I am a bit wary of setting up a two-tiered society where um, you know people who have the vaccine get to do X, Y, Z, and people who don't are uh, you know steadily pushed uh, on further into the periphery of society. Now, a Nets playoff game is not exactly you know essential service, but, right? The um, the you know, the, the
0: democratic town square of of Oldie,
1: <laughs> right? But it's a little taste of uh, you know where we're heading you know That's what right,
0: baby. we're gonna just move on to the next lighter topics right you said you were gonna take off your social justice hat
1: yeah it's it's off let's fucking party
0: <laughs> i like beer
1: <laughs> is my camera on no your
0: camera's not on i just see a big oh, sm shit. in the middle there
1: Shit. all right i'm ready
0: Um, That's fantastic news. Uh, Great to see you.
1: Yeah, good to see you. It's been a long time. It's been
0: way, way too long. But we will be meeting up before the game. That's important. Yes. How did you like the Pacific Northwest?
1: (coughs) Um, I I really liked it. Uh, I, I think both places I went to, Portland and Seattle, if Nets fans must know. Um, and uh, I really enjoyed both cities, um, I think especially Portland, but, but both were were very charming, very green. Please very tell lush. me
0: you went to the public library in downtown Seattle.
1: I, I didn't. Oh, you people.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you deserve to sit in a non back section.
1: I, I did go to the Chihuly thing, which I feel like you don't like, but acknowledges yes. art.
0: Well, I told you, yeah. It's it, it's it's not. It doesn't have a lot of people in the in the snooty New York art world will. You don't want to tell them that you went to the Chihuly. or you you could right. tell them that you went, but you got to kind of roll your eyes,
1: right, right when you right. do it. Right, right. It's like it's like going getting a a double cheeseburger at McDonald's or something.
0: Right, right, right. Uh, you have to have a reason why you were, you know, you, you assailed <laughs> your good taste or otherwise impeccable taste to go enjoy a little Julie. But I know you're a glass nut. Yes. Uh, what did you get anything at the gift shop for your collection?
1: No, I. <laughs> Hillary's increasingly worried about that.
0: I cannot um, wait. I am going to push so hard. <laughs> Every occasion I can get you a gift henceforth is going to be a highly fragile piece of glass
1: art. They, the problem is, they can be quite expensive, even if they're not <laughs> Um But I, I appreciate, I appreciate that. No, there were some very exciting. Uh, Chihuly pieces worth thousands of dollars available in the gift shop um, that I would refrain from getting for now. Um, I think I think I need to wade in with a less known artist.
0: Yeah, yeah, you need to discover some contemporary artists who who haven't made it to the Chihuly stage of of deification.
1: Right, exactly. But eventually...
0: <laughs> eventually, Simon, you'll you'll be a Chihuly collector, don't worry. But right. it's a process. It's a process. Which is all to say <laughs> that the Nets are in the playoffs. It's all about to start, and we have quite a lot to talk about. Simon, I thought you and I would go through and make some predictions on the Great. series together, and then... Um, We'll talk a little headline of the week, a little Bruce Brown talk because he got some love from Zach Lowe. And then, of course, we will get to our interview with the great Gary Washburn of the Boston Globe. So, Simon, playoff predictions, you, bets.
1: Yes. Ready to go? Yeah, I'm ready. All
0: right. Who do you think will be the leading scorer on the Nets in this series against the Celtics,
1: uh, I think it's going to be Kevin Durant. KD.
0: All right. Personally, I think it's going to be Kyrie Irving. Okay. Uh, and so I guess let's have a little. Let's have some stakes here. <clears throat> okay. What uh, What are we playing for? Six pack. Sure. Six pack rack attack. <laughs> make mine a truly make mine an energy drink cuz i got none baby
1: <laughs> today i'm bringing it yeah i know I'm, you're
0: bringing it i know I'm, you're bringing it I'm you're bringing, bringing it my teeth
1: and i'm bringing it
0: <laughs> you're playing through the pain <laughs>
1: exactly exactly i'm a, no load management for me you're
0: right sure you're about 80% of your usual self but no one will be able to tell
1: no one can tell the way i'm bringing it
0: all right, so leading scorer, we've got a little difference of opinion. You've got KD, I've got Kyrie. Leading rebounder for you, Simon.
1: Um,
0: shit. Uh, I know, it's kind of tricky, because, you know, at a certain point in the season, you would have said DeAndre, because he was playing. Right. But he's basically not going to play much this series, though. That is something I'm looking forward to talking to Gary uh, Washburn about um, because Boston's a really good offensive rebounding team, mm. and we're a really bad defensive rebounding team. So yeah. I'm curious to. That's sort of the only advantage that I see them having over us. Um, but it also fills me with complete dread that it might mean that DeAndre gets some minutes as a result of that. <laughs> that said, Simon. <clears throat> That's all a distraction. All that analysis is just distraction from who you, a guy who's bringing it today, thinks the leading rebounder in the series is
1: going to be. I think it's going to be Blake Griffin.
0: Blake Griffin. And I will say it's going to be Bruce Brown.
2: Whoa. Yeah,
0: that's an edgy take. That Uh, is, that is edgy. Leading a sister is an easier one. I think we'll both have the same guy for that.
1: But Which question, sorry? Uh,
0: who will lead in assists?
1: Oh, okay. Yeah,
0: Harden. Harden will pr- I mean, barring uh, the Nets medical staff doing a doing their their patented Uh-oh, he's out for the series move. I can't imagine anyone else averaging more assists than him.
1: Right. I agree. Okay.
0: So now we're gonna get into some slightly tastier territory, Simon. <laughs> uh who do you think will have the better three point percentage? Landry Shamet or Joe Harris? Joe Harris. Hey, disagreement here, buddy. So we've talked about this. I think it's going to be Shamit by a mile. So Shamit obviously went through a brutal stretch there at the beginning, right? But yes. he's come around in a in a big way, as we've discussed discussed in previous podcasts. Check them out; they're fucking amazing. You'll love them. Um, but. Joe Harris, we talked about recently, too. Check it out. It was a fucking amazing episode. Couldn't tell you which one it was, but it was recently. Uh, Joe Harris, I don't think I, personally, and I I think you're similar to me, I don't think Joe Harris necessarily shows up in big moments.
1: Yeah, I mean, he had that, as we talked about, he was terrible in this Nets um, Sixers series two years ago. He was, like, beyond horrible. Uh, but I don't remember him being particularly bad in uh, last year's playoffs. I think he was, like, pretty on par for how he usually is. But I, to me, the bigger thing, William, is that I don't expect Shamit, who also has a history of being terrible in the playoffs and is much younger and, I think, much more fragile in the brain. Uh-huh. Uh, to, I think he's going to be a total non-factor. I would not be surprised to see him... Out of the rotation, even in this first
0: round. Wow! 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 Okay. Well, we are going to get into some rotation stuff right now. So okay. I mean, and that's this is where this is re- where the real analysis begins. The the thing that the people come to this podcast for. Okay, so we're back and doing some ranking, ranking, ranking. Simon rank in order of which big of the four I'm going to read to you uh gets the most minutes. So, rank in order of who will play the most minutes in this series of these four players. Blake Griffin, Nicholas Claxton, Jeff uh-huh. Green, and DeAndre Jordan. What is your okay. mo- from most to least minutes?
1: Okay, number 1 Jeff Green. Number 2 Nick uh number 2 Blake Griffin. Number three, Nick Claxton. Number four, DeAndre Jordan.
0: Wow. All right. Simon? You and I have the exact same answer for that. I think oh. DeAndre Jordan, even though in spite of my fears that, you know, Tristan Thompson or possibly Robert Williams are going to start gobbling up offensive rebounds and that panic that makes the next panic and, and put in DeAndre Jordan, which I think would be a horrible decision and seems like the Nets have weaned themselves off of um, the sweet, sweet sucker <laughs> of, of DeAndre Jordan. <laughs> I guess he's a a, couple
1: of relapses.
0: They've had some relapses, but (laughs) recently their resolve has been firm and he has been (laughs) he has been magnificently glued to the bench, which uh, tip of tip of my hat to that rotation. But, uh, (laughs) yeah, I do. I do. I do think that we're right. Uh, It would bear out. That would that would reflect the season, too, with the exception of Jordan Green averaged the most of those those four um in the season. So I think he will likely get the most Alright. Of these fringe players, Simon, who do you think is gonna get the most minutes? Tyler Johnson, TLC, Alize Johnson, and for fun, you can have a combo fourth person, which is either Mike James or Chris Chioza.
1: I'm gonna say Mike James, honestly. Wow. Is going to get the most minutes of all those people? Of, of those players, yeah.
0: More than Tyler Johnson?
1: Yes, I, I do believe that. Is
0: Tyler your number two?
1: Yes, Tyler is my number two. And number three and four? Uh, Alizé. Wow, and then over TLC. TLC. TLC
0: has really fallen from grace. He was like a starter in the bubble last, last year.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, he's had a horrible year. <laughs> bad year.
0: Bad year. Uh, I, I I hate to say it, but it could be a regression to form. Yes, exactly. Um, okay, so our playoff predictions have been made. I oh I, I didn't give mine there. Uh, so mine is I think Tyler Johnson's going to get the most, and then I would say Mike James, TLC, and Alize Johnson is going to get the fewest minutes, if any. Um, so we will, that is for a smoking hot six pack of the winner's choice. And I am going to go real extravagant for that one. So be ready when, when that happens.
1: I will. Right, well, I'll have your uh, ghost goes as.
0: <laughs> um, all right. Two other things I wanted to hit on quickly, Simon, before we turn to the interview with Gary Washburn of the Boston Globe, Simon.
1: Yes, I've heard of him, but haven't talked to him yet, Wink.
0: <laughs> um, uh, yeah, right, right, right. Uh, who knows what that interview will include, but I bet <laughs> he and I are going to predict that the Nets win this series. I don't know. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> All right. Two things that we have to talk about. Headline of the week, Simon. Kyrie Irving's, quote, as if it's my last playoffs comment, raises eyebrows. I can't see you because you are backlit oh, to such an extreme oh, degree really? that um, that you're just a silhouette <laughs> to me. It's like you're you're um, you're singing on the mafia in a documentary or something here, and so I can't personally. I can't personally. They buried him in a river. <laughs> he's swimming with the uh, I can't personally see how high your eyebrows are raised right now. But how high oh, those are up there. okay, no one could miss that. Do you think <laughs> Kyrie was trying to send us messages that this might be his final season in the in the NBA?
1: <laughs> no <laughs> I mean <laughs> honestly, I think for any number of reasons, it could be, but i I think that comment is i, I it just. We, we we've talked about these comments on a spectrum where it's like it ranges from. Kyrie says something very clear, the media reports it, and then he gets upset and claims that he was misinterpreted and willfully misconstrued, and that's outrageous. Then there's like things that are kind of in between that, and then there's times like this where I truly think the the media. Uh, gets to get... It's just like jonesing for a headline. Like, that is just the most generic, like... You know, you you try... You never know when you're going to get back. You never know when, you know, what could happen. And so you want to try to make the most of whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah, for like me, that, Simon, every me day is a blessing, I think. Every day is it is exactly... It is the, ba- the NBA basketball equivalent thing. Every day is a blessing. Which, if someone says, is not a headline. So... <laughs> I I I am I am not buying the the hype around this. What do you think?
0: Oh, who the hell knows? He doesn't know what he's going to do. Uh, you know, two days from now, let alone next season. I could. I mean, I've 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 thought he was going to retire this season. But,
1: no, and I, I, t- I totally agree with that. I, I totally agree that like. Well, but he, the headline,
0: he could... yeah, I agree with you about the headline. Yeah, the headline is is uh, the NBA isn't playing for a week except for play-in games. We need some sort of fodder <laughs> here. Uh, if you if you really distort this completely decontextualized quote, maybe we can run an article in literally every major New York paper. Okay, go. <laughs> right. Right. Um, all right. Final point before we turn to the interview. Uh, Bruce Brown was named captain of ESPN's Luke Walton all- All-Stars. That's uh, Zach Lowe's Luke Walton All-Stars, which he does every season, which is the best of the best journeymen. Here's a pullout from it, Simon. He's rebounded 9% of Brooklyn's misses while on the floor, one of the 10 highest single-season offensive rebounding rates ever among players listed six foot four or shorter, per basketball Reference Bruce Brown getting some love from Zach Lowe. Does this fill your Bruce Brown loving heart with
1: love? Love, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, it does. I love Bruce Brown in my heart. Uh, our heart, that is our collective, in our, our heart, station, and our mouth, it maybe that's my mouth, our mouth, <laughs> licking it, it. <laughs> Licking it with Bruce Brown content. No, uh, this is getting weird uh, again. Um, but still good. I do think the mouth stuff is, yeah, is uh, yeah. interesting. Our fans um, have
0: responded for sure. Da- Daniel <laughs> Yount was real into the mouth thing. So
1: <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's out there. Um, so I think I love Bruce Brown. I think that he deserves every accolade he can get. And I think he's a great candidate for this, um, for the Luke Walton Award. I also think, William, here is my prediction, not just for this series, but if the Nets are lucky enough to move on for the the, the remainder of the playoffs, I think of the bench players, he is going to be the most solid and and the most um, consistent. Um, I think you're going to see your Shamits, your um, Mike Jameses, your sort of th- those types of players who have done some valuable things in the regular season, kind of fall off. And but I think Bruce Brown, the his skill set is so sort of like effort based mm-hmm. and grit based that I think he'll he'll remain useful in the playoffs.
0: I've heard some rumblings that he might get the start over JoJo JoJo Jo Harris. Whoa, that's cuckoo. Yeah, that's cuckoo. I think Zach Lowe might have said that. Huh. That's (laughs) (laughs) cuckoo. All right. So now we are going to turn to our interview with the Boston Globes, Gary Washburn. All right. We are joined now by Gary Washburn, who is the national basketball writer and Celtics reporter at the Boston Globe and author of the new book, the Spencer Haywood Rule Battles Basketball in the Making of an American Iconoclast, which he co-wrote with Mark Spears of the Undefeated. He also hosts the podcast, The Washburn Files, which, like this podcast, is part of the Basketball Podcast Network. Thank you so much for joining us to talk about the Celtics-Nets' first-round playoff matchup, Gary.
2: Oh, great to be here.
0: Thanks. All right, so... I want to talk. Uh, I want to start by talking about what's on the top of everyone's mind in this series, and that is Tristan Thompson. Uh, I'm weirdly concerned that Tristan Thompson is going to prove to be a really big problem for the Nets. He hasn't really shown up this season. I think there's been uh, you would know much better than us um, about about his sort of odd role on the team this season but the nets are really bad at defensive rebounds and i think that if tristan is locked in in the playoffs he could gobble up tons of offensive rebounds which would mean i mean you know that's bad but it would also mean that we would have to play deandre jordan and deandre jordan has been really really rough for the nets the lineups with him in this season have been awful um, so i was just from your opinion, do you think Tristan Thompson has maybe a role to play in this series?
2: I'm trying to get my sound right. Okay. Uh, can, you guys can hear me fine. We can hear yeah. you fine. Yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah. I mean,
0: is that a conspiracy theory that I just put out there? <laughs> no, I mean, I,
2: I mean, yeah. I, I think that you know, the, the you know DeAndre. You know, is, they're a lot alike. You know, they're both kind of probably on the back nine of their careers and have seen better days. And uh, But Tristan is an energy guy, but he also is a little small defensively, so he's not going to stop anybody um, in terms of just shutting a guy down in the paint. Um, but, you know, DeAndre's also not going to post up much. You know, so it's going to be kind of a battle of energy, guys. Just who can who can chase down the loose ball, who can be at the rim. But the the Celtics aren't going to throw Christian alley oops like uh, the Nets will throw throw DeAndre. You know, Christian has also has trouble finishing. There, you know, he'll get those little jump hooks and left hander, right hander, whatever. And you know, sometimes they go in, sometimes they don't. Sometimes he's right at the rim and he doesn't score or he misses the layup. So, I mean, I do think he can be a factor in the series. Uh, you know, I don't know how big of a factor. I mean, you know, he gets you. He's gonna. He can get you, you know, at best 12 points and maybe, you know, 12, 13 rebounds. Uh, but he's not going to get a lot of block shots. He's not going to rim protect, things like that. Robert Williams would be probably somebody I'd probably be more concerned about if he plays. Mm-hmm. Is he healthy? Um, he, yeah, he's had turf toe. He hasn't practiced all week. Um, He could make an appearance and obviously with limited minutes, you know, he's a guy because he has that, he has the athleticism. They can throw him alley-oops. They can get him involved in the pick and roll a little bit. Um, And he's more athletic than DeAndre, that that would be maybe more of an issue for the Nets than Tristan. But Tristan is going to get you extra possessions. He's going to work hard, you know, but the defensive side of the ball, he's not going to really stop anybody or rim protect.
1: And what's your sense, Gary, of what what do you see as the keys to victory for the Celtics? What do they have to do um, to beat the Nets?
2: Well, <laughs> beat the Nets once or beat the Nets right, four times. Right,
0: right. That's the big question. I think Simon's uh, a little more concerned about the the Celtics than than I am. I don't uh, I don't see them as having much of a chance. But I'd like to
2: hear your answer. I mean, I think one game one is critical. Like you got to punch the mouth. You got to punch in the mouth this team Nets, aren't used to playing with each other, even though they're, they got three future hall of famers and elite scores. They're not used to playing together. They're going to use this series. I would assume to get themselves ready for maybe the, you know, if they play the bucks or the, you know, I think the bucks and the heat are going to be a great series, but let's say they're, they're preparing themselves for the bucks. And so they are going to use this series to get their chemistry together, to be ready for that series. Um, I think that Celtics are gonna to have to play perfect basketball almost. Good defense, one, like they're just gonna to have to offer resistance. They're gonna to have to score. Like you're not gonna hold the Nets to 108 points. You're gonna to have to win the games like 122, 116, things like that. You can't um you can't win one forty five, one forty. 140. You know, mm-hmm. you can't and then to me they've also got to shut down the complimentary players. Joe Harris can't go for six threes in a game or Landry Schumann, um you know, or Jeff green can't go for 25. Like you've got to keep those guys in their particular roles. And you have to hope that two of the three big three are not having good games um, where it's not, and I'm not talking about like, you know, it, you just, they don't go for 40. You know, mm-hmm. Durant's going to get 22 in his sleep. Kyrie can get 20. They're all going to get 20. But you just have to hope one of them doesn't go for thirty-eight, and the other one goes for <laughs> third or right. thirty-five. Um, that's a lot to ask for. Also, offensively, this doesn't have to score. Like, Kemba Walker and Marcus Smart are the two key players in this series. Smart has to keep his emotions in check, offer some type of resistance to Harden, make it hard on him. Whether it's you know him full court, just make it hard on Harden. If Harden is, if Harden decides he wants to score. Okay, but he can't. If he's going for 35 points and 13 assists, that's a problem. He's mm-hmm. a score and distributor, right? He's responsible for 35 points and then 13 more baskets. So he's responsible damn near half the Nets' points. Like that can't happen. If he's gonna score, okay, you're gonna have to probably give something up. But you you can't let him do. You can't let him be like a Russell Westbrook here, mm-hmm. where he's like just filling up the stat sheet with assists with. With with, with with three with step back threes with attacking the rim on those floaters like that can't happen. So uh, and Kimball Walker has to hit knockdown shots. Like he's not he if he's not if he's not hitting shots, it's not worth having him on the floor because he's not going to stop anybody. He's he's Kyrie's bigger than him considerably, so Kyrie's going to can post him up. He's going to have to chase Kyrie around screens. He's going to cry provide some type of divisive resistance and also give his body up. He's very good at taking charges. So when any of those guys get a head of steam going, he's going to step in front and take a charge. But he's also got to hit threes, get the, you know, take pressure off Tatum. It cannot be only Jason Tatum. It's got to be Evan Fournier. It's got to be Kimball Walker. Marcus has to score on occasion. Um, They've got to get some points in the paint. So a lot has to happen to make this, I think, a competitive series. But I think the key is today's, tonight's game, where you punch them in the mouth, they're still trying to figure things out, you get a guy who's hot, and you try to steal game one and just try to build on that momentum. That makes sense.
0: So you mentioned the big guys for for the Celtics, Marcus Smart, Kimba Walker, Jason Tatum, they're going to be, and Fortier to an extent. But who are the guys on the bench that are going to have, like, is Romeo Langford playing in this series? Is Aaron Neesmith getting time? Are those guys, are those guys going to be able to, to play a role in this, in this series?
2: They're going to have to, because the Celtics don't have a very good bench. Their benches, like they're the anti-nets, like the Nets signed every dude over 30, <laughs> and the, the Celtics have every dude over under 25, like <laughs> under 23, you know, you got Aaron Neesmith, rookie Peyton Pritchard, rookie Grant Williams, second year, uh, you know, Romeo Langford, second year, and who's missed most of his first two years were injury. Those are like four guys that they're they're gonna. That, that's four of their you know rotation guys off the bench. And if you want to throw in Shimmy Ojale, they signed Jabari Parker. Brad just hasn't really been like the way he's adjusted. Not like he hasn't. He's been slow to adjust to the system. I think they could use him in this series because he could score. Um, He's still got a little game. He's not going to stop anybody defensively, but you're going to need points in this series. Like you're not putting Jabari on the court to (coughs) stop anybody, but you're putting him on to get your buckets. He can do that. Um, And they're going to be, they're going to need like Peyton Pritchett's a guy who can score. He's had a 28 point game. He can hit the long three. He can, he's, he can finish at the rim. He's not afraid of contact. He's a key player in this series. Langford will be on the court for defense and maybe an occasional, Grim run, uh, you know, backdoor layup. Um, nee Smith can hit the three, but he's more for energy. They got a lot of energy guys. They got a lot of like, let's say, Bruce Brown's yeah. off their or guys who can give you energy, get a stop, get a steal, but don't depend on them. I mean, if they're dependent on Aaron Nee to score or Romeo Langford, they're in trouble. And and what's your sense, Gary,
1: of of the Celtics ability to be physical, because I have long said on this podcast that I think the net's biggest vulnerability is it is when teams are physical with them. Uh, I know Marcus smart definitely, um, will be physical. I have no doubt about that. What's, what's your sense about generally as a team, whether they'll be able to do that.
2: Yeah, they have physical guys. I mean, Trishan, as as I said, Jimmy old is, looks like a football player out there. Um, you know, they can maybe put him on Durant because that's a, a size mission. I mean, he's bigger, sh- much stronger than Durant. Like, they can maybe use him um, in, in terms of, of, of stopping a, or stopping a, just offering resistance. Um, you know, the, the Celtics don't have these big-time bruisers, though. Not, we're not talking about the, you know, the 89 Pistons here. Like, they don't have guys who are going to literally just, you know, take you and put you in. It's going to be a bar fight. I mean, Christian can get physical, Marcus, obviously, shimmy, but Tatum's not going to be real physical. Uh, Kimba, you know, they've got guys who can, they've got athletes and guys who can slash and play D, but they don't have uh, the bruisers. Robert Williams is not a bruiser. He's a, you know, it's just, they're going to have to help out on defense, uh, not get discouraged when the Sel- the Nets go on an 8-0 run and not throw in the towel or give up a 22-2 run after that. like They're just going to have to shake their head and go, okay, great shot, and keep it moving. They cannot let the Nets go on some of the- one of these scoring barrages and then try to rally. Um, a lot's got to happen, as I said, for them to have a shot in this series if, if they had Jalen Brown, it might be a different story. I think I would say it could go six with Jalen Brown. But without him, someone's got to step up that's unexpected. Is it, you know, Fournier's had a good couple of games since he's been fully healthy from COVID. Kimba had 29 um, in that Wizards win. Um, and he had five threes in the second half, which is big because he just, he needs to knock down shots. So, but all the right things have to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, One big
0: subplot to all of this is Kyrie Irving's return to the TD Garden. Uh, How do you think he's going to be received? And were were you covering the Celtics when he was playing there?
2: Yes, I did. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Not well.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Um, I saw some really horrible (laughs) signs that were posted when he was there.
2: I'll say this about Kyrie. People ask me about him a lot. Like, I had no problem covering him. I thought he was polite, respectful. There was, but if someone told me he worked with him in Cleveland, there's five different Kyrie's, Mm -hmm. and that is very true. There's reflective Kyrie, fun Kyrie, don't talk to me Kyrie. um, You know, you know, just friendly. There's just all types of Kyrie's, Mm -hmm. right? And this is a guy who was so private, but yet he does a movie. He does a, a movie with him starring in it. You know, he does, he does Uncle Drew. It's like, well, Kyrie, if you want to be private, and don't want people in your business, don't do a movie. Right. You know, but that, that's but that is Kyrie, right? Um, I didn't have a problem. I thought he got too much blame for what happened in the 18-19 season. Uh, I don't think he was a great leader. I think that calling guys out in the media he, some of his cla like some of the some of his teammates were like were didn't appreciate that the whole like now i know what lebron feels now i know what, what lebron went through when i was a young these dudes my good like a lot of guys did not take to that that's not that wasn't their idea of leadership right the you know the, the whole concept of uh you know Boy, you guys don't know what you're doing out there. That didn't go over well with with guys like Rozier and Jalen Brown. Now, him and Jalen are cool. They're both on the um, Player Association Committee, you know, but I, I, he took a lot. He took too much blame for what happened. He was part of it, though. There was a lot going on that year. Um so, I had, I had no problem dealing with him. I like him. I think he's, a str- he's an interesting guy. Mm-hmm. He's intelligent, but there's a lot going on there. Um, and the, the Boston fans, the fact that he said he was going to come back and didn't, that didn't go over well. The whole, I'll, I'll come back if you have me. And then eight months, nine months later, or the, you know, the infamous discussion at All Star Weekend with Durant in the tunnel and then him denying that that was a recruitment meeting or a recruitment talk, then it ended up being, it was, um, just a lot. And I, so I think the Boston fans do have a gripe here, um, not as much as they probably think they have, but the, the whole, you know, the, the intelligent thing, a lot of people, oh, he's fake intelligent, he just says stuff, that he's not really saying anything, and, you know, he quit on us in the playoffs, that's what the fans are saying. The Milwaukee series, he did not play hard all the time and they got you know they got they lost in five that was that was a low point the Milwaukee series two years ago where they basically threw in the towel and Kyrie stopped defending stopped getting back on defense his head was not there mm-hmm. and so I do think they have a right to be a little angry with how it turned out uh, so it's going to get ugly I don't think it's going to be you know green security issues or anything like that but just, it's going to be a lot of booms. Yeah.
1: Do, do you think, speaking of Celtics fans, I think there is a decent chance that the Celtics will not only um, have home court advantage in Boston, but may have home court advantage in Brooklyn. Do
2: you see that as being
1: a saw, potential?
2: Yeah. When I was here for the game... Hmm. Um, would they play a couple, like last a month ago, right? They, I was here for that. And yeah, there was like a let's go Celtics. and Oh yeah. We, we were at that, that game too.
0: Yeah. No, that's the thing. It, Brooklyn has no fans. So we go to these games and if the team is at all popular, like a Warriors game, a Lakers game, you know, th- th- there are way more jerseys for the opposing team and Boston's So close. There are going to be, it's going to be all shamrocks in that
2: stadium today. <laughs> it's funny. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> the, the, I did hear it. Um, you know, they they do travel well. The Celtic fans do travel well, especially when they know when they go to l a. and there's a lot of people who are from Boston who who live in l a and San Francisco and obviously New York, um because they have ties to Boston. they went to college in Boston because Boston has two hundred and fifty eight colleges in the surrounding area. So, um, yeah, I think it'll be I, I mean, I always said like they're gonna have, they were gonna have to like they screwed themselves of playing getting a chance to play Atlanta or the Knicks in the first round like a couple of weeks ago they had a chance to go to the fourth seed or fifth seed they blew that so they were gonna have to play in one of the big three elite teams Philadelphia Milwaukee or Brooklyn my whole argument is everyone's got to, everyone oh they want to play. they should lose to the Wizards and then play the Sixers in the first round the Sixers beat them handily all three times this year and. Embiid went for damn near 40 and 20 every game. Like, okay, you want that, Smoke? Like, you want that? (laughs) Like, there's an argument of why they should, why the Nets are a bad matchup and why they, you know what? They're a good man for everything. Milwaukee, you want to face Giannis and Drew Holiday? They had the most success. They beat the Bucs twice this year. One of them was a banked-in three-pointer by Jason Tatum. The other one in Milwaukee, buttonholes are held out Giannis, for the fourth quarter to get to rest them. So the Celtics ended up pulling away. It was a good win, but that was their best resume. They're 0-3 against the Sixers, 0-3 against the Nets. So they're going to have to play one of these teams. It might as well be the Nets. You're catching them when they're not as cohesive as they're going to be in the Eastern Conference Finals and the Finals if they get there. So you might as well get them early. If not, I'd rather, if you're a Celtic fan, play them now than play them when they're like, when they're really clicking. They're not going to click yet because they just haven't had enough time. Right. When they've played
0: more than, like, 84 minutes together collectively yes. for the whole season. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. I guess we've we've kept you for, for the allotted time here, but we've got to get a prediction. Uh, sounds like it's not six, so is it
2: four or five? <laughs> six five. I'd say five. You know, guys, it's just hard to figure out how these teams match up. Like, it's like the first game, that Christmas Day game, the the Nets pulled away. was Durant and Kyrie killing them. Mm -hmm. The game, uh, I think in February, it was only, I think it was Harden and Kyrie. KD was out. The last time, and and I wrote this, like the Celtics botched that game they literally Kyrie went four for 19 and one for 12 in the second half. And they still lost because Joe Harris and Jeff green got in their ass. And like, <laughs> like that was a game you should have won. You know, if you're the Celtics and Tatum, you know, had 38, but he didn't get much help and they made some mistakes down the stretch and turnovers. So it's hard to tell because these teams as they are, have not played at all. Like the Celtics have not seen the big three, I'm sure sure they're going to be a better version than the one. And the one on Christmas was good. And the one in the preseason, remember that? I don't know if you remember that game. Oh, yeah. They stomped themselves in the preseason and came back a week later and beat them on Christmas Day. So I think the Nets in five. um, But it's hard to tell because we have not seen these teams on the floor. Like, there's no resume or litmus test to see, okay, this is what we saw. I mean, you can go off the Christmas Day game you know, but there's no 40 no Harden, um, that type of thing. So I'd say the Nets in five, if they take care of business, if they come out lackadaisical. But remember, guys, over the last couple of years, like Orlando beat Milwaukee in game one last year. They ended up losing less for the Magic. beat Toronto a couple years ago in game one, lost. Like game one is the game itself has got to get. Right. like they got to they've got to just I think got to or I mean, they can be making same game 2 but they can't go back to Boston down 02 and have to win game 3 like they don't they just they they got to keep it even for as long as they can.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. If they if they if they get beat badly tonight, I could see it being a sweep. Um but guess we'll find out soon. Uh, Gary Washburn, thank you very much for joining us. Check out his work at the Boston Globe and his new book, The Spencer Haywood Rule. Um, Thanks for coming on the cast.
2: Thank you. I
1: appreciate it. This is some massively crunchy stuff going on, man. (laughs) I can't believe everyone's saying uh Nets in 5 all the posts all the New York post people Why are saying Nets are you in 5 I Nets in 5 uh, I just don't think they're I I just think they're going to crumble they they're just they're very uh, mentally weak team I think they have
0: Kevin Durant James Harden and Kyrie freaking Irving
1: yeah I don't think it's gonna matter much.
0: <laughs> They're going down to a totally disappointing Celtics team without one of their two best players. Yeah, that's. Do you legitimately think that the Nets could lose the series?
1: I think they definitely could. Yeah, I think they definitely could. Anything's
0: I, possible. But no, like, would you I, I put the think... chances at above ten percent
1: that they lose the series? I would put it at. 40% that they lose.
0: Wow. 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 That is a spicy hot take.
1: I, I just think that the nets are not actually very good. I think they're built for the regular season. And I think that they don't have any defense. And I think that they don't have any sort of like, I've seen a lot of the, the, uh, 76 or slump shoulders, you know, like no, no one has any answers kind of, um, behavior from them and i also think nash you know his propensity to not call timeouts is very dumb and will bite them so those are are we even recording yeah we're recording oh great okay great well anyway that was (laughs) yeah i wanted
0: wanted this to be documented so that you could be (laughs) banished forever from nets nation
1: yeah it's just not you can go you can
0: go to san diego nation (laughs) (laughs)
1: i just have a lot of worries about this team i love them you gotta hey you gotta leave your worries at the door baby
0: be chihuly (laughs) live free and (laughs) (laughs) colorfully
1: oh boy there there were some great um short documentaries at that at that museum which, which featured chihuly and um i gotta say william it sounds like he was kind of a dick
0: Oh, of course, of course. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I think that's uh, not a, a small part of why his reputation isn't,
1: isn't too uh, sterling. So I, I, just really quickly, I also think that speak, speaking of living freely, easy to live freely when you're, all of your art is done by a massive team of um, people.
0: Yes, that is how almost <laughs> all contemporary art is manufactured. Uh you know, maybe it's a it's it's a degradation of the art, or, as you know, Simon, uh, in in say the Renaissance, art was often created in studios where there would be there would be um, assistance to the master who would handle things like the, the background or the clothing and they're a hand specialist or something like that. Um, so, you know, there is a history to distributed work in the arts, but yeah, now when it's become like a, a Warholian factory, um, (laughs) a lot of people have issues being like, why is that guy getting credit for it? He had like 18 assistants doing literally 100% of the work and just sat there and made a
1: ton of money. But, um, Yeah. And and first of all, thank you. I I did know that about the Renaissance. Yeah, I know you did. I know you did. I know. Uh, I I, I knew it. You're a Rodan (laughs) nut. Yeah. He did it first. He did it best.
0: (laughs) That's his handle on Twitter. Okay, so Simon, that was a great interview with Gary. Wouldn't you agree? I completely agree. I completely loved agree. having him on. That was that was fun. Yes, uh, and I guess we'll probably get to see him at the game later. Uh, maybe we can introduce ourselves. If although I think that the once media section is still going to be the cheering, um, like where team hype.
1: Ah, uh, right, team right. Yeah, yeah. It's where the right the dancing happens in its secluded weird area. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: Um, okay, so we're gonna. End this podcast now, Simon, and then you and I are going to get back on and get back into our predictions for the series.
1: Okay, this is a time warp.
0: Okay. So this is this is a lot to wrap our heads around. There the yeah, all sense of time has been completely thrown out the window here. But, listeners, first thing I'd like to say to you, thank you. Gratitude is key on this podcast, and we are grateful for you and you having listened to the show. In return for that gratitude, which is immense, uh, we'd like to ask yet another favor of you, and that is that you slam on the rate and review and or send us an email at maybe next time at gmail.com telling Simon what you think of Chihuly.com. or telling me what you think of, um, Ooh, I don't know. Let's
1: say pot roast.
0: Let me know what you think about pot roast.
1: Ooh. And please share those emails with me, William, even if they're directed at you because I love pot roast as well. I'm going to forward that to to
0: Simon in a big way. Yeah. No, Mm. mm, baby. Get some carrots in there. Maybe some onions getting the, get soaking up those juices
1: Yes, indeed.
0: Um, okay, but thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you very, 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 very much for listening and for hanging out with us. And check out Gary Washburn's book. Uh, and we'll go ahead and uh, see ya.
1: next time.
2: <laughs> I was tired of my lady.
1: We'd been together too long, like a worn out recording. Of a favorite song. So while she lay there sleeping, I read the paper in bed, and in the personal columns, there was this letter I read. If you like King colada